Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Uh, we're back at it again. I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, your couples therapist. And I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. How you doing, Lori? I'm good. I've had enough coffee. <laughs> You've had enough coffee? I am sad to say that I'm on my third cup already. And oh, it's my not gosh. Yet, it's not yet noon. And you did your bike ride, right? I did. Yeah. Started taking my knee got all torn up, so now that I'm getting older, I have to... <laughs> do take up mountain biking. The, doc, the doctor told me, my surgeon told me that it's the, that I have the worst knee for a 39 uh, year old he's ever seen. Oh no. I think he's just trying to scare me though. My uh. wife wants me to take him seriously. I can't take him very seriously, but he, he, <laughs> that is that's, terrible. I know. But you went said. on a cool trail and that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Got the Saturday started off right. right? Yep. So Exercise we're talk. is a good remedy for something that we are going to talk about today. Right. Exactly. Uh, depression and sex today. Depression and and sex and how depression affects sex. And for those that know, like we do want to make a distinction when we talk about depression, because there's a good thing that, you know, as as mental health stigmas have begun to go away or to lessen mm-hmm. um, in our culture, people are, are much more readily to admit that they struggle with depression, which is a great thing, right? right it's, it's, exactly. not, it's not left untreated as much. Um, still some stigma out there, but we're working to kind of reduce that. Uh, but there is a difference between feeling a normal, uh, like as just in a mood that you are depressed or you're lower mm-hmm. um, in your mood. Right, uh, a bad day, right. bad morning. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it, and sometimes it can mean it can be a bad month, right? I mean, it's just, exactly just, seasons. Like there is our our moods go through this natural um, cycle of going up and going down. Um, but we're we're talking about is more of a clinical depression, right? That's right. And so, just real quick to give some of the things that if you are clinically depressed that you would notice it'd be a lack of energy, low or irritable mood, a, a motivation change. This is one that's a really big where your normal motivation to go to work or to do, engage with friendships, to do the things that you really love, like the motivation to do those things would drop dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, weight changes, appetite changes, um, right, it sleep could be changes. Overeating, undereating. Mm-hmm. Uh, lack of focus. And overall, like you're just not that interested in um, the things that you're doing, a persistent feeling of sadness or uh, hopelessness is a big thing as well. Yes. Um, that that starts to to be more uh, noticeable. Things like that, like a, a trouble concentrating, indecisiveness, and that this goes on for a sustained period mm-hmm. of time. Right? I, I also see, and I don't know if you see this, Adam, but sometimes depression is manifest differently in women sure. than in men. In men, I often see them being more irritable, angry, mm-hmm. you know, that can be a sign of depression. Yes. You know, and they'll deny feeling sad or feeling depressed 
but you know their whole family is kind of suffering yeah um, yeah and i think maybe for women like it there's a, a an extreme guilt that i, I see a lot that comes mm-hmm. over them feelings of worthlessness um it seems to be really identity based right um but and, but they don't see that they're depressed because they say i'm not sad i'm not weeping yes. you know they don't identify it self-identify it as depression uh, and sometimes I think it's a little confusing on the outside, too, whereas women, uh, and maybe this is stereotypical, but often they're, the way they exhibit it would be sadder, mm. uh, you know, persistent feelings of being blue, yeah. uh, hopelessness. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people still associate being depressed with, with tears, mm-hmm. with, with crying, right. about to cry. And that, right. that is not... That's not consistent. It is true Absolutely. for some people, but it, it's not true for everyone who yeah. is who is depressed. That's right. There's great tools online too. If somebody's, if you're wondering if you're depressed, the one that I'd point you to because I believe you can find this one online pretty easily is, is Beck's Depression Inventory. Yes, um, and you can kind of get a baseline for because there's degrees of it as well. You could you might have mild, moderate, or severe depression, and so knowing that is helpful as well. Right, and um, since we're mental health workers, just to be clear. A severe form would be suicide, you know, ideation, yeah. thinking of suicide, making a plan. Okay, run to the nearest yes, emergency absolutely. room and tell them. But today we're really talking about chronic depression and, how it and its sex. impact on sex. Yes. And like you said, one of the things is kind of motivation, that depressed people don't have as much motivation. And they also don't have as much enjoyment of the things that they have previously enjoyed, including sex. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's like they flatline a little bit. Yeah, that, that was great. Great, I had an orgasm. But it doesn't motivate them to want to have sex again. They they don't even feel as much joy in it uh, as they used to. Does this? Do you think that that gets confused with libido? Like, is that separate from libido is the, or is their libido dropping? I, I think that's a good distinction. And I don't know that I can say, but... I think it is essentially right that their libido becomes depressed in some mm-hmm. way. You know, they don't have that drive. They're not enjoying it as much. And yeah. therefore, they stop initiating. You know, they stop communicating sexual flirtation and innuendo yeah. and all the things that make sex great. It's just like they just don't feel it. Yeah. I think it's helpful to me to think about it in terms of is the depression causing low libido or do I just have a low libido? Like that then seems to be much more manageable Mm -hmm. that it's the depression that's suppressing libido. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think that one of the problems with depression, right, is that it's disruptive to the relationship and – Depressed people tend to be more emotionally sensitive to things that go wrong. Mm. Something goes wrong, and one smaller thing that they might be able to tolerate when they're not depressed suddenly becomes, you know, the sky is falling. Mm. You know, okay, I didn't have an orgasm. You know, we shouldn't have sex anymore. Mm. You know, or you didn't have an orgasm. I'm no good as a lover. I'm no good, period. I'm worthless. You know, I mean, small things become catastrophic and yeah. they don't have that resilience that gets them over, you know, OK, it wasn't rocket, you know, it wasn't stars and rockets today, yeah. but no big deal. Yeah. We got tomorrow. I like it. Stars and rockets. That's what I mean. That's what that's what we're <laughs> aiming for. Stars and rockets. <laughs> so but that sounds like then, then it like it's compounding on itself. That emotional sensitivity is then going to it's going to find evidence 
to confirm its belief, and then that's just going to build and build and build on itself. Yes, it's self-referential. Yeah. You know, so they find these episodes or incidents in the relationship in their sex life, and they say, "CCC, this is a problem." They misinterpret what it means, and then they avoid sex more, hmm. or they become despairing about it. That to me, you tell me what you think about this. I've been trying to communicate this with some of my couples lately about how the lens that they are looking at their relationship through becomes like that self-referential. They see everything as confirming what they believe. So in this case, people that are looking through depression lenses, right, mm-hmm. at their relationship, like it it colors everything they see, but they're see, they begin to see it as the relationship. Yes. Right? Yes. Or as the sexual relationship. Like it becomes everything that they see but i think that is so hard if i'm the one that's depressed and that's the lens that i'm looking through it's so hard to even notice that to separate what's real in the relationship versus what's my depression mm-hmm. right and i think this is what makes it so hard for us to get people to change you know maybe we can see quite easily okay i know you're depressed and these are the causes mm. and if you take steps a b c and d you know, your life will be more productive, will be happier. It will it will really uh, lift your depression. Right. But they say, no, my depression is is not just a state of mind. It's a state of who I am. And so then they resist the changes that would actually make it better. And it, yeah. you're right. I mean, I think pursuers and distancers, the same thing. Right. Yeah. We we see it the way we see it. And we it's very difficult to say. I'll go first. I'll make these changes. Mm. It's like, no, you know, I nothing will change my partner. Well, the, it, because it becomes the reality rather than the perception, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, and we, we solidify that. We make it a concrete thing that says, this is actually who I am. This is actually who the relationship is. And it feel it begins to feel unchangeable. So that depression driving that increased emotional sensitivity begins to say this is how everything is and it's unchangeable it's unmovable when really that's that's kind of how the lens that you're looking through yeah you're right i want to say too fatigue and low energy that comes with depression Mm. you know anytime we're fatigued it's it's more difficult to be sexual and certainly even depressed people who get enough sleep sometimes they oversleep but they don't have vitality they're not refreshed and so they can't bring they don't have renewed energy to bring into the sex life again yeah you know and that's problematic right and not seeing that as depression is not seeing that as depression too to their partner imagine that's going to seem like a lack of desire exactly yeah exactly and and i think for some people who are depressed the thought about trying to please their partner is problematic. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't have enough energy to do all that. Yeah. You it know? seems insurmountable. It seems a, a really large hill to climb. Yeah. And I, I think the most central thing I would like you to think about, and this is for any mood disorder, right? Mm. Depression and anxiety, and maybe not even clinical levels of depression and anxiety, but subclinical you know, the ways we have difficulty modulating move, all of that actually is rooted in your attachment. So the attachment style that you come out of childhood with. So depression is a symptom in my mind. I mean, there's a lot of causes. It's complex. And I'm not saying it's all this, but essentially 
if you can't modulate your moods, by and large, it comes from an insecure attachment pattern mm. in childhood because that's the gift, right, of yeah. a secure attachment in childhood. You fall down, you skin your knee, your mommy picks you up, says, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that's a boo-boo, puts you on the counter, hugs you a little bit, loves you up, says, well, let's let's get a Band-Aid, let's do this, mm. and basically is bigger, stronger, and wiser than you are. Yeah. And takes your troubles and helps you organize it in their mind, kind of kisses it and makes it better. And as children, we take that into our soul. We yeah. say, you know what? Things will be brighter tomorrow. Things can get better because my parent helps me organize all these difficult feelings. And then it makes more sense. And I feel better. Yeah. And that's the gift of a childhood that is secure. But in an insecure childhood... Right. Sometimes the parents are preoccupied. They don't do that organizing emotional work with their children. Yeah. They don't teach them emotional intelligence. They don't they don't comfort them when it's appropriate. Well, in the in the more chaotic it is as well, the more threatening it feels. I think the other thing that it does that lack of attachment does is it it shifts our locus of control. Mm-hmm. Right. Our ability to feel like we can have an effect on the world, on our circumstances, it moves from being located inside us um, to being located outside of us. Oh, Adam, that is brilliant. Say that again because it's totally brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's the locus of control, our ability to feel like we can control our own circumstances, not even control them, but have an impact on them. Mm -hmm. Because if our attachment is insecure, that usually means that there's some kind of chaos in the home. And I I don't mean like high levels of chaos. I mean, it doesn't feel safe or secure. It feels feels out of control somehow. And as a child, we don't have the power to actually affect our surroundings and our environment and our family dynamics very much. So we start to feel like the world is happening to us rather than we are happening to the world. Like, in, and it yes. becomes located outside yes. of us. We um, don't have agency. We, we that's can't ag- impact that's a good word. Yeah. We can't impact yeah. and change. And that's why the depression is self-referential. Yeah. yeah, depression starts to feel really heavy and unchangeable because it feels like it's happening to us and that there's nothing that we can do about it. And I'm not meaning to say that we can just try to choose not to have depression, but it comp- that that lack of feeling in control and that lack of attachment, that lack of bonding that you were talking about that allows us to know that have hope that things are going to get better. All of that gets amplified by the depression and it makes it really, it makes it really difficult to, to move. Yeah. And people living with depression, they struggle to feel worthy of love from their partner. And if you are a person living with a person who has depression, it can be very frustrating because All your love that you pour out to this person seems to bounce back sometimes and you can't get through. And this is a huge problem, right? Because you want to attach to them. And let's come back after the break and talk about how sex actually is part of how we heal this sense of attachment that ultimately does heal the attachment Mm -hmm. wounds from childhood. We'll be right back. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters, right? Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. 
Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. So we are back on 4Play Radio Sex Therapy talking about depression and sex. And Lori, you said something intriguing toward the end that sex can be healing with somebody that's depression. So that's sexual healing, right? That is sexual Sexual healing. healing. That's so (laughs) good, right? How do we... I got to get some sexual healing in my relationship. (laughs) That is so true. But, right, I mean, it's skin on skin bonding. Hmm. And for most of us, it bypasses the consciousness Mm -hmm. and it creates this attachment bond with our partner. I mean, it literally releases oxytocin when we orgasm. And that is a bonding chemical that creates a secure, a more secure attachment with our partner. And sometimes for depression, I mean, really the root cause of mood instability, as I said, is the difficulty. We don't have a ballast that rights Mm -hmm. our boat uh, when the winds of the world and the problems of the day attack us. We can't sort of get upright again, hmm. and so to speak. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, get horizontal for that section for that sexual healing. That's, but get upright get for upright. the right. mood stabilization. Hey, so you mentioned the skin on skin contact. Just get, um, say a little bit about that because that is scientifically proven, right? Like it when is. we attachment when children and they're starting to do this in a lot of hospitals. Have been doing it yeah. for a few years. Yeah. Europe's Europe's been way ahead of us in this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as a child is born, is that skin on skin contact with the care giver with mom even with dad dad's yeah, doing like it more take now. your shirt off guys take, and hold that baby's skin, right. skin like there are there are biological physiological effects that happen that improve for us mm-hmm. when that happens yeah right? i mean secure attachment when when that skin on skin happens appropriately as children and there's plenty of affection and love and hugs and kisses Basically, it relaxes the nervous system. Right. I mean, we're not as anxious. Mm. It, for your entire life, if you come from a secure attachment, do you know, Adam, that it even shows in our older age with like a disease state, mm. if you have a secure attachment, you have less pain. Hmm. I mean, it's just phenomenal what a gift this is. And we would encourage you parents out there to really think about and work on securing the attachment for your children. But I think that's the, that is a... It's such a beautiful thing about relationships, right? It is. is that it's even the second if, chance. It's the second chance. Even if, if some reason our well-intentioned parents didn't provide that for us, is Blew that it. we have a, like you said, second chance, another opportunity in adult relationships to develop a secure attachment 
and part of that is through sex. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and this is why it's so problematic when sex goes offline in a relationship mm-hmm. because the security is rocked between the people. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's it's very problematic. And I think the hard thing is when somebody is depressed is being able to rise above the depression and separate it mm-hmm. and still do the things that allow sex to be healthy in the, in the relationship. Right? And, and they often don't know their need anymore. Mm. You know, they don't know that they need this. If you had a depressed partner, you know, if they'll at least allow you to cuddle naked with them. Yes. I would do a lot of that, you know, yes. and and also state it not necessarily from the pot. Listen, I listen to a podcast and you need this. I would say <laughs> instead, I need this. I know you don't feel like it, but I. You know, I still need this on a regular basis. Well, I think that's um, one of the because thi- they need it too. Yeah, the the things that I think help depression feel counterintuitive when you are depressed. It does. Yes, and you're it, absolutely and it, right. It feels like that you know connecting with another person is the last thing that I want, and then it becomes the, it feels like the last thing that I need. What I need is to to withdraw, to be alone, to hold uh, up because hold I, up. I feel like toxic. Yeah. I'm toxic. I just need to be alone. When the reality is, is when we feel toxic, we need people more than ever. Yes. And and I think if people, when they're depressed, you know, and I wonder how you feel about this too, like can go one step beyond what they feel like they can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe they can't go all like you said, maybe they can't go all the way to, you know, sex every day. Right. But maybe they can muster up the energy to do it once a week exactly. or maybe they can muster up the energy for for skin on skin holding. Yes. Right. Anything like that, that you can say, I can't do this. It feels too much to do this, but I can step in that direction sexually with you as a partner. I think it goes a long way to to being helpful. Right. And and we would encourage you if you're depressed to work on the roots of the depression. Uh, some therapies just give you steps to, you know, take that might help you alleviate it, which is sometimes great for people who are pretty highly functional. Mm-hmm. But if you come from a pretty insecure attachment in childhood, you really need to heal that. And there are certain people, you know, who are attachment theorists who work from that sort of way of thinking, psychodynamic, that will help you get to the root and then then depression is alleviated over the long haul. I mean, one of the difficulties with depression is the medication that you need to alleviate depression is actually one of the problems for sexual issues because mm-hmm. an SSRI, which is like Celexa and Zoloft and Lexapro and Prozac, those are SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, That means that it helps your body. It doesn't give you serotonin, but it helps your body keep serotonin at higher levels in your body. It doesn't get absorbed. And that does increase your mood. Unfortunately, it also decreases your libido and makes it more difficult to have an orgasm. So, And and in men, that can also result in it can impact their their ability to have an erection. Right. You're absolutely right. So it impacts sexual functioning, sexual desire. And I hate to muck with people's medication. You know, if they come to see me, that's probably the last thing I'm going to muck with. I want to figure out everything else that is mm-hmm. going on between the couple. So if I can see if I can make sh- enough shifts that sex mm-hmm. becomes alive and good again, yeah. 
But if that is it, I would highly encourage you to go back to your psychiatrist. So find a psychiatrist and tell them I'm struggling with libido and orgasm. Sometimes, you know, if a family physician or gynecologist, urologist has prescribed these meds to help you, and oftentimes those are who we reach out to, you know, as a first resort when we're depressed, we don't think about going to a psychiatrist. But a psychiatrist has a lot more tricks in their bag because they understand psychotropic medication, medication that impacts mood and mind. And so, you know, your family physician may be comfortable with sort of the basics, but psychiatrists have more magic and might get you a combination of meds that do handle your depression, but don't impact your um, sexual functioning as well. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice, but I certainly do know that Wellbutrin is an antidepressant that does not impact your sex drive in a negative way. It works on dopamine, not serotonin. And I would talk with your psychiatrist about these if you have both, which most people with mood instability have both depression and anxiety. We understand, you know, it might be the right drug for you. Don't go off your drugs because we're saying this. And what Lori was saying earlier was don't muck with your uh, medication that she does not want to muck with that with an M, not an F. Just clarifying <laughs> that for all the people that may have a, a uh, bad audio connection out yeah, there. Exactly. She meant the same thing, but that was uh, muck with an M, not, not with an F. You're right. Um, so, but the last thing that we kind of want to mention as well, oh, I'm sorry, not the last thing. We have a couple more yeah, things. we got uh, some things. We got some things. You mentioned practicing self-care as well which is really important um, for everybody, but particularly when you're struggling uh, with depression. But this is not – we're not talking with self-care. I think some people, when they're depressed, they hear self-care as holding up, binging on Netflix, like Mm -hmm. lights off, Mm -hmm. comforter on. Like that's not exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about self-care. No, we're talking about doing activities that are healthy like running – um, particularly or exercise because, because exercise does raise your endorphins, which actually makes you feel better. We also think meditation is highly powerful to develop mood stability. Mm. So I think it's like 10 minutes a day of meditation over the course of a year actually is better than taking an SSRI. Like Mm. scientifically proven that if you will meditate, you will have more profound benefits in terms of mood stabilization than a drug. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. And listen, it's 2018, everybody. If you didn't know, it is – it's almost going to be 2019. There are awesome meditation apps um, that you can get, a lot of them that are free. There's stuff on YouTube. Like you can find tons of stuff that are very helpful in learning how to do that. Yeah, and it's not hard. Not just, hard. Even if you just sit there with your eyes closed for 10 minutes and just observe what goes through your brain. Don't even try to do anything to what goes through your brain. Just like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about work. Oh, but, yeah, I'm thinking about my depression. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm thinking about yeah. this. Like just, you know, try to be an observer for 10 minutes. It's very easy to meditate. And this also, I mean, it helps with it increases your ability to be aroused. It increases your ability to uh, just feel better about sex in general, to feel more pleasure. Like when you're doing when you're practicing those self-care things, all of those things go up. Right. Meditation, exercise, create mind-body connection. Yep. And so that's really important. Um, so again, I know that it's, it's an interwoven problem. Sex, depression, and attachment all impact each other. Mm-hmm. And without intervention, the depression 
injures the sex life. You know, it causes more distance in our relationships and it makes our attachments more fragile, which makes us more depressed. It's cyclical. So we would say try to intervene as a couple first. If you can, go to a sex therapist, a couples therapist, talk about the depression. Most couples therapists, like Adam, obviously knows all kinds of stuff about sex. So, you know, find your nearest couples therapist or your sex therapist and get some help with this. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us today, everybody. See you next time. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.